Okay, so I have in front of me a couple things I, I want to touch on. I, I sent you. You sent me an email. I didn't respond because I was going to wait for. I was going to wait for this. I probably should have wrote to you. I'm not going to respond. I'll just deal with it. But I apologize about that. But um, the first three, I, I'm not. I wasn't asked really. I mean, it came up with you a little bit, but uh, it's just this time of year. I want to run through it. The first one, there's one halacha related to Ladavad Hashem Arvishi. Right, the minig of Klal Yisrael is to say Ladavad Hashem Arvishi at the end of Shach Nusach Svard is Shachar and Mincha Nusach Ashkenaz is Shachar and Mayrev. So, the, the Rav Shlomo Zalman was asked a very common question, which is Am Nusach Ashkenaz, but Am Nin Nusach Svard Shul, or vice versa. So I say it after Mincha. I daven Nusach Svard. So I davened it. So I said it Shachar and Mincha. I now find myself in Ashkenazi Minyan, and they're saying it after Mayrev. I've already said it twice today. Do I need to say it a third time? And the answer is yes. You should say the minig of the tzibar. That's in Halicha Shloima. In Isha Yisrael, they bring down a different version of Rav Shloima Zalman from a Kovitz Mevak Shetayra that vice versa also. Meaning, you always follow the Nusach of your tzibar. If you're a Nusach Ashkenaz and you find yourself in a Nusach Sfar Shul like here, for Mincha, say it with the tzibar. Ah, your minig is not, you're with the tzibar, you should say it. And if you find yourself as a chassid by a Litvak, you say it by Ma'arif. Always say it in the Nusach of the Tzibar. That's the Pesach of Rosh Hashanah. I haven't seen anyone uh, to be Chaylikah. Okay. These next halachas I'll mention very quickly. I, it's not very common, I can tell you. But I'll mention it. Um, the Minig in Klal Yisrael is during the month of El, we blow Shoifer at the end of Davening. There's three halachas that come up from the Paiskim. How, how common is it? I don't know. It's interesting. What happens if you're the only one? This could happen. I've been in shuls where this happened, where the one who blows shofar is not there. And they're sitting around, and they say, anyone can blow? Anyone blow shofar? And you happen to know how to blow shofar, but you're davening Shmoneser. So, is there anything you could do? So, Rishmul Kamenetsky Shlita talks about it in his Sefer. Kaivitz, uh, uh, is it uh, Kaivitz Halachas? Kaivitz Halachas, I think is the name of it. And he says like this, this is his rule. If you're a minig Shmonesri, no. You can't be Masik Shmonesri for, it's a minig. It's, it doesn't uh, warrant hefsik in davening. But even if you're a middle Shema, you should stop. For the covet of the Tzibar, any point other than Shmonesri, if you're the Baltikeya, stop what you're doing. Don't talk, obviously. Go over, blow, and then continue davening. But if you're in Shmonesri, no hefsik. That's halacha number one. Halacha number two and number three are very interesting. What if you have a shayfer in your house? You know how to blow shayfer. And you daven b'yechidus. During the month of El. Should you blow shayfer yourself? Meaning, is the minig to blow shayfer a minig of the tzibar? Or no. A person should hear shayfer every day during the month of El. Even if you happen to daven b'yechidus, you should blow yourself if you have your own shayfer. So it's a machlaikis. The tzitzeliezer feels that it is a minig of the tzibar. And therefore only someone who's davening with a minion should blow Shaifer, which I think is, we would assume is the, but the Lodavich Rebbe Zatzal disagreed. He feels that every person should hear Shaifer during the month of El. If you have your own Shaifer, blow it. What is the Minig? I would say, I think the Minig is not to, but I don't know because this is for someone who davens without a minion, so I don't know if I would know. I, I can't imagine, but maybe people don't know the Halacha, maybe people don't have a Shaifer, maybe people don't know how to blow Shaifer. Well, supposed to hear it? Any time during the day. So after Shacharis, the minig is after Shacharis. Uh, oh, so I'll get to that in one second. So I'll get to that in one second. The last halacha related to the shayfer is the following thing. 
this seems very strange, but this is seems to be universally accepted. Both Lubavitcher and Ramosha Feinstein both say the following halacha. What happens if you have a minig, you have a shul, let's say Hashivin over here. So my father is the Baltakeya over here. He has a shayfer and he blows here every morning. Let's say there's one morning where he's not here. And they go around, they say, anyone know how to blow, anyone know how to blow? No one knows how to blow. So you, go, you skip it, right? If no one knows how to blow, the one guy will probably take it, but nothing. No one knows how to blow. So, okay, so there's no shayfer. What are you going to do? You can't do what you can't do. Ramosha Feinstein writes, and Lubavitcher feels the same way, that that shul should blow shayfer after mincha. If the Baltikeya was not there for shachris, and that shul did not have a tekiah shayfer after shachris, and the Baltikeya is there after mincha, blow shayfer after mincha. I've never seen it before. It's an interesting thing. I, I haven't seen anyone that disagrees with it, but it's an interesting halacha, and that's the psak. So, uh, you know, to answer your question, I guess, after mincha as well is a, is a legitimate option. It's an interesting halacha. I, I don't know. I don't know. The last halacha that I have for this time of year, I want to run through... I don't know, four or five halachas related to slichas. One of them I mentioned Friday night, but I'll reiterate. And that is, right, Svardim are saying slichas now. Ashkenazim, we're exempt uh, for a few more weeks. Um, so, so, a couple halachas that I want to mention. What is the proper time for slichas? So, I mentioned this Friday night, but uh, it's Kedai, and this is not a popular, it's not a Kedai, the most popular opinion, but. MS is MS Lamita, so the the Api Kabbalah, you're not supposed to say Slichas until Chatzai Salaila. During the first half of the night, from Mayriv until Chatzai Salaila, the Zayar says there's Dinim. There's uh, difficult Dinim, and Slichas, which is Ta'ir Rachamim, doesn't, uh, doesn't fit. It's uh, going into Dinim with Rachamim, it does, doesn't work. you got to sort of wait it out. So, Api Kabbalah, you're not supposed to say Slichas before Chatzai Salaila. The first slichas is said chatzais, the rest is usually done before shachris. Now, the question is, if you have a person or a tzibar, that it's very hard for them to wake up in the morning, can they do a 10 o'clock slichas? That's the shayab. Can they do a 10 o'clock slichas? So, so well, we all know there's many young Israels that have a 10 o'clock slichas. I don't know in this neighborhood, I, I don't, don't tell me about it. I'm, I'm sure there probably is. But can you do a 10 o'clock slicha? So many young Israels have them. So where is that coming from? So what it comes from is a based on a tshuva from Ramosha Feinstein. Ramosha Feinstein was asked about a 10 o'clock slicha. So Ramosha said, it's not good. Ramosha acknowledges it is not good. But Ramosha writes, it's not oser to say it before chatzos. It's just not preferred. And therefore, it's better than not saying it. And if it's difficult, you could do a 10 o'clock. That's what Ramosha said. Even Ramosha would tell you it's not l'chachila. Well, fine, that was the middle. Based on that psak, shuls popped up to do it. Ravad Yosef has a very lengthy tshuva where he feels very strongly that that is not correct, that it's not just not preferred. He quotes from the Ramak and other mikubalim that it is usher to say slichas before chatzais. Ad kach that Ravadia writes, it's better not to say it at all. And if you find yourself with a tzibar that's saying it before Chatzai, so Ravadia says, don't answer. You can't answer. He, Mamish feels that it's very awesome. So Ravadia says, you can't do it before Chatzai at all. What is, what, what's the situation if, you, if, you, if that's your only option? So Ravadia says, so say it You can't get to a minute. So say it later in the day, or get a minion together before Mincha. And I think there's a Sephardi Shul in the neighbor, at least a Mulligan site there was, that they would have a minion before, before Mincha to say Chatzai. So what should people do? I mentioned this Friday night. I, I will never, ever 
uh, be uh, uh, what do we call ludicrous enough to say you can't rely on Moshe Feinstein. That, that uh, absolutely not. The Rabbin Shel However, um, even Ramosha acknowledges it's not preferred, and Ravadia feels it's Mamsha So to do it, I wouldn't do it. And I think that for a lot of people that go to the 10 o'clock, they can go in the morning. They're just doing it out of convenience. I think if they had a flight to catch, the famous, you know, Bali Musser, if they, had a, if they had a baseball game, they would probably get up in the morning. If they had a flight, they would get up in the morning. So you get up in the morning. Or definitely, it's not, you know, it's not a chayva sibar, akidekach. I would definitely not uh, daven at 10 o'clock, personally. I, 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 would, I would avoid it uh, at all cost. I will say this, though. A couple of halachas that are related to this regarding saying them biachidus. Let's say you're going to daven slichas biachidus. Okay. You, you can't make it early in the morning, and uh, the 10 o'clock is not good, so you're going to daven biachidus. There's three things to remember. There's two things to remember when you daven biachidus. One of the main parts of slichas is the yud gimel midas harachamim, Hashem Hashem kelracham b'chanon. Now it's brought down in Shulchan Aruch, you're not allowed to say that without a minion. So can I say, is there any way to say it without a minion? So there's two opinions. Okay, the Shulchan Aruch, and it's many opinions. Ravad Yosef has a whole arichos in Chazan Ravadia Daf Chavches of Yom Neroim. Ravadia brings down a whole slew of Rishayim that says that you can say the Yugim will be the Sarachamim as long as you lay it as a trap. And you go until the end of the Pasuk, Rebbeim uh, uh, or something like that. You, have to, you could say it, not as a tefillah, but you could lay it as a trap. That's Ravadia's opinion. And it's again the, the major poiskim, that's the major halachic approach. However, the Arizal felt that Apikabal you should not. I'll say that. So, what should a person do? If you're more inclined to Kabbalah, I would not say that you can leave this at all. I would skip the entire, you know, the entire, uh, the entire uh, sections and just say the other parts. That's, that's uh, again, you could say the part before, you could say the paragraph leading up to it, kel, uh, you know, kel melch yoyshev. I, I don't think that that's a problem, but the Yugim Mabitasarachamim. The, the, uh, it's a shayla either to say it with lightning or not say it at all. Fine. Now, another thing to remember if you're going to say it bechidis, and that is uh, at the end of slichas, there's Aramaic parts. There are Aramaic tefillas. The halacha is that we do not say bakoshes, requests in Aramaic, without a minion. Why? Because when you're davening without a minion, your tefillah does not go up straight to Hashem. It needs, it needs, uh, it needs, uh, what do you call it? Um, a malach. To, to take it there. Malachim do not know Aramaic. And therefore, you cannot daven biachidis Aramaic. And that's why, if you notice, the Yukon Perkins, the second Yukon Perkin, we do not say uh, when you daven biachidis. And Aramaic tefillas, we do not say when you daven biachidis. You have to remember, the end of Slichus has Aramaic, Rachmana Proik, Rachmana Shiziv, and all those things. You do not say that if you daven biachidis. Um, one other halacha that's good to know about. Um, about slichas in general, is this is a broader shiloh. We've talked about this before. I, I won't take that long, but I've mentioned in the past that when you go to a cemetery, there's always two approaches of how do you communicate and daven at a cemetery. Now, no one is allowed to daven to the nifter to help you. If you go to the Lubavitcher Rebbe's kever, you go to Chaim Kenevsky's kever, any kever, input kever, and you say, please help me. That's a vaydizar. That's, that's no question. They can't help you. They, they, they have no yichaylis. Uh, that's, that's giving power to someone other than the bariyaylam, which is obviously us. The question is, can I ask them to daven for me? Can I ask them to be a melitz for me? Or, 
do you have to not communicate with them at all and you just say Hashem in his chos, please help me. So the Mishabura probably is different truvis that imply different things, but you have the Mishabura's approach. The more Litvish approach is you do not communicate with the Nifter at all. You go straight to Hashem, no one else. The more Hasidic and Kabbalistic approach is you could ask them to be a Melitz Yaisher. And I mentioned this many times. I personally always go with that approach. I find that it helps me daven. And I just mentioned that the source of davening and a kever is a Rashi in Chumash, right? Quotes a Gemara in Saita that Kalif ben Yifuna went to Hebron. And if you look at the Nusach, what does the Gemara say? Kalif said, Avoisai bikshu alai rachamim. He said, Avram Avinu, please daven for me. So be meilz yosher. So, okay, Mestam, it's okay. Fine. That's when it comes to the Nifter. The Paiskim say, it's a similar Shaila. Are you allowed to daven to Malachim to do their job? Right? Are you allowed to ask a Malach to bring my tefillahs up? Big Machlaikas. Big, big, big Machlaikas. I'm talking Rishonim. The Maral talks about it in Arichus. There's a Sefer called Oitzer Asidurim. I think it's called Oitzer Asidur. It's an old Siddur. And it goes through Mam Shahal Arichus. It's a big, big Shaila of whether it's the Shtikal of Odizara or not. For the record, Ramosha Feinstein was against it. He did not like communicating with Malachim at all. And his father, he says over in, in later Truvis, that his father on Friday night would not say Barchuni Lashalom. In his Shalom Aleichem, he would skip it. Because Barchuni Lashalom is you're asking the Malachim to you know, bring the brachas up. We don't talk to Malachim, we don't, uh, we don't, uh, we don't communicate. So he would skip Barchuni Lashalom. Why is this nigga? It, it comes up every Slichas. A very controversial tefill is found in the end of Slichas. When I was in Shara Torah, I remember they would have a sign. The Minigi Yeshiva is not to say Machnisei Rachem. <laughs> Do not say Machnisei Rachem. At the end of Slichas, it says Machnisei Rachemim, Yachnisus Rachemenu. You're asking those angels who bring Rachemim before Hashem to bring your Rachemim. The Maral questioned whether you should say it. It's a very big Shiloh whether to say it. Some say it, some don't. I just want to be Ma'or the Shiloh. What people should do, you follow your Nusuch, whatever it is. I just want to admire that Shaila. I, I say it. I, first of all, initially, I, I will not. Uh, anytime there's a Shaila, it's my, my approach in life in general. Anytime there's two legitimate sides to a Shaila, I will not tell you what to do. I remember one time I went away, I went away during the summer once, and it was, I think, Veschanan was at Luchashnias, is in Veschanan. Veschanan is where the second Luchas are. So someone, I was away, someone clapped and said, everyone should stand up for the Aliyah. So I was very upset by this. It's a machlekes Rishonim, whether you're supposed to stand up. Right? The Ramam, there were many Rishonim that, that were against standing up. The Chidah famously was against standing up because, because the Gemara says in Brachis that they originally wanted to institute saying Aseris Adibris in Shema, but then they abolished it because it, the Tzedukim used to say, oh, you see, the Aseris Adibris are more important than the rest of the Torah, which is obviously not true. There's nothing more important than the rest of the Torah. So the Chidah said to stand up for, for, for Aseris Adibris. When you don't stand up for the rest of the lading, it's like, whoa, like, you know, Dvarim is not important, but this Ali is important. We don't do such a thing. Again, it's a Shiloh. So I said, I'm like, you're going you're gonna to tell a Jew what to do when it's a shayla, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not getting involved. I'm not going to... Yeshua, me listen either way. I find that the people that tell people what to do generally don't know a lot. That's generally what I've found, that they'll give you musr when they, they're, they're not the biggest tami dechum in the world. And, and the biggest tami dechum in the world usually know that there's sides for both. So I'm not going to give musr to someone when... 
legitimate stadim. You have to be careful. So over here, people, I'm going to get involved in what they say. Who am I? If you want to say it, say it. If you don't want to say it, okay, so don't say it. Yeah, but he says it. I'm sorry, he says, it. yeah. So it's not, you have to be like a very principled person to not say it. You know what I mean? It's in the sitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's that. Uh, I want to mention two more halachas related to slichas. Um, one is poshit. It's brought down from the paiskim that Netagavriel brings it down. If you come to shul late, skip to be up to the tzibur. I, I think it's a poshit thing, but you'll have sometimes people will be like, I'm starting from the beginning. No. Skip. Get, get up to them. Secondly, another halacha that's good to know, at the end of slichas is tachanun. Yeah? You can be in the middle of tachanun and the chazan starts kaddish. Answer kaddish. You're allowed to answer kaddish within tachanun. Although you're, you're in the middle of that, you're allowed to interrupt the kaddish. Okay. Those are the halachas that I think are related for this time of year. I just wanted to mention. I want to mention another halacha. The truth is, I probably shouldn't because I couldn't find it. <laughs> I was asked this recently. This comes up a lot in shuls where the third aliyah, I'll say on Monday, Thursday, or on a Shabbos, the Maft, uh, Shvi, he has to say Gomel. But the Balkar is supposed to say Kaddish. So the question is, sort of what wins? And I find that what normally happens is whoever wins is whoever's fast enough. Like, it, there's no, like, you know what I mean? There's, it's sort of a chaotic thing. And you ask, like, a Gaba, they don't know. And it's just like, say Kaddish first. And then someone will say, Gomel. Whatever. I, I'll say this. So, someone asked me what's the proper thing to do. So I'll, I'll tell you like this. The Sefer Piske Chuvis, which is that set, which uh, you, you should always check the sources. I, I, I'm not going to rely on him entirely. You should check the sources. He brings down, in Simon Ratio Tess, footnote 71, if anyone wants to see it, he brings down that if the third Aliyah, the person has to say Goimo, but you also say Kaddish, I personally would think Kaddish first finish it, then you go afterwards. He says you should say Gaimel first. His source is in the back of the Shulchan Aruch. There was a big, big Hasidish Tzadik Paisik. His name was the Eshel Avram of Bechech. The Bechech guy. It's printed in every Shulchan Aruch. He says it's in the Madura Tinyana of the Eshel Avram. I looked at it. I couldn't find it. It doesn't mean it's not there. I couldn't find it. If anyone could find it and show it to me, that would be wonderful. He brings down to say Gaimel before Kaddish. I don't know. This is a, to be continued on that one. It's Negei, if you're a, if you're a Gaba, you should probably know this. Uh, again, that, that's, he brings it down from the Bechetche. I, I, I couldn't find it. Okay. It does make sense. Just Gomel. Correct. I would assume Kaddish first, because I would think right. that you need to cap the, shm- the laning, and then you could just do Gomel afterwards, because you're just doing it in front of ten people. I agree with you. You could do Gomel not during laning. Gomel is more requirement of... 10 people. We do it during laning because you have an opportunity to do it by laning. Why not think Hashem during laning? But if, let's say, there is no laning, conceptually, you could do Gaimel in front of 10 Jews. The Gemara says 10. I agree with you. I, I, I'm, that's why I'm a little shocked by this, and that's why I want to clarify. He quotes it from the Eishel Avram. I could not find it in there. I could, it could be I missed it. I could not find it in there. I, I would like to see it inside before I would tell someone practically what that is. I probably shouldn't have mentioned it, but I'm not saying I'm not saying what to do. This I'm, I'm just saying what I saw. Okay. That that for sure. Kaddish. Kaddish first for sure. Kaddish first. As I would assume Kaddish first for this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I want to mention uh, two more halachas. Maybe the third one if we have time. We get. We should have time. Um, 
someone asked me, I, I don't know if we covered this, I, I can't remember what we covered, because um, it's all sporadic. Someone asked me, is there a reason why Shabbos day, when people get home after a Kiddush and Shul, that they make Kiddush again? Do they have to? What's the Indian for that? So, to my knowledge, it's like this. When you hear shul, Kiddush and Shul, right? You, your Yotza, your obligation of Kiddush. You don't hear, have to hear Kiddush every time you eat. You don't make Kiddush during Shal Shuddis, right? You have to hear Kiddush once in the morning. You heard Kiddush and Shul. So why would I have to say it twice? The only reason to me to say it twice is to fulfill a Shita of the Groh. Well, let me explain. It's a Chumrah of the Groh. But it's interesting. You heard Kiddush. Yeah? One of the halachas is Ein Kiddush al makam Suda, which means that for Kiddush to be Yotza, you have to have a Suda. Right? If you have Kiddush, and you're just listening to Kiddush, you didn't even take grape juice at all, you have a cup of water, and then you just leave, you didn't have air, because you were not Yotza Kiddush. Kiddush requires Suda. Without Suda, it's not Kiddush. Without Kiddush, you can't eat. Fine. What defines a Suda? So some opinions say bread. Other Rishonim say not just bread, Mizonos is enough. And then there's the sheet of the Gaonim that you could even be Yotza with wine. Okay. How do we paskin? I, I can tell you how we paskin. Go to every Kiddush on planet Earth. There's cake. Mizonos. Ideally, you have Mizonos. If there is no Mizonos, I mean, listen, if you could have bread, beautiful, but I'm talking the average Kiddush in Shul, nobody's washing. They're having cake. Cake, Mizonos. Which, by the way, very important. You go to a Kiddush, you can't just hear Kiddush and then have Kugel and leave. You have to have Mizonos. Now, let's say there is no Mazinus, like Pesach. That's so why I, I remember one time when I was younger, there was a chlal, chlal very from people usually not going to eat. They're not going to mish on Pesach. They're not going to eat out. But I remember one time there was a, uh, a big kiddush in the neighborhood by mitzvah on Pesach. I remember going and like all the Rabbana were just standing there. They're not eating. First of all, it's Pesach. I'm not eating anybody's food on Pesach. But also, how do you have kiddush from Sudi? You can't have Mazinus. There's no Mazinus on Pesach if you don't get so the way you do it is, according to the Gaonim, cup of wine. So if everybody drinks a full cup of wine, in addition to the Kiddush, everyone just drinks a full cup of wine? Okay, according to many Gaonim, that, that's what you would do. So why would I have to make Kiddush a second time? I went to a Kiddush, I had a cake, I was Yoyitza Kiddush Makam Suda, which means I'm Yoyitza Kiddush, so I was Yoyitza Kiddush, why have to say it a second time? To me, the only reason to do it a second time, hey, listen, it doesn't hurt to do it a second time, it's just Hagefen, right? It's, I mean, but, but if you don't have to, what are we doing? The reason to do it a second time is to fulfill the shrit of the gro. The Biralacha brings down from the Maisa Rav that the Vilna Gain felt that Kiddush Makam Suda requires bread and bread only. So according to the gro, every Kiddush that we do, it's an Aver. <laughs> right? Think about it. We're all making Kiddush, no one's washing, which means we're not Yotza Kiddush Makam Suda, which means we're not Yotza Kiddush, which means we're eating without Kiddush. So we get home, we say, listen, let's be, make Kiddush Makam Suda for the gro. It's just a funny thing because we're doing it to fulfill the gro. But we sort of acknowledge that we don't have to because if we had to fulfill the grow, we wouldn't be eating. You hear what I'm saying? A little bit of a circular uh, situation. But that would be, to me, the Indian of doing Kiddush, the Indian of doing Kiddush a second time would be to fulfill the sheet of the grow. If you don't hold like the grow, I don't see a need to say Kiddush a second time. But okay, listen, if you want to fulfill the grow, listen, Matovi Manoim is a nice thing to do. It's just Hagefen. It's not the, the, the Vishamru Alkane, you know, those are, those are just niceties, but the Iker is Hagefen. So fine, it's not, not the end of the world. Um, I want to mention one more halacha. Maybe we'll see what time it is. Maybe we'll save the last one for, for next week. 
Someone asked me, I've mentioned this a couple times on Friday nights, but I wanted, I don't know if it's over here. Someone asked me, is there a way to make hot coffee on Shabbos? Okay. So obviously, instant coffee, yes. You do a klisheni. If it's previously roasted, you want to do a klishlishi. To be machmer, fine, shine. To be machmer is not a problem. But the question is, so, so the truth is, you, you make a good point. When it comes to um, instant coffee, l'chayra, you could just do it, even in a, a klirishin. But the, maybe, I, I would be machmer for klisheni. It has to do with the fact that uh, it was previously cooked, and then it's dry. Is it a dover yavish, dover lach? It's not for now. You do a klisheni. No, it's klirishin, and then, meaning that, yeah. It, yeah, so the question is, can you pour it in? Is it already there? Ira klirishin, fine. Klisheni, fine. But I want to, I'm talking like ground coffee. So there is an Eitzah to do drip over, pour over coffee. Now this always feels a little strange to people because it feels like it's butter. You take the grinds, you put it in a filter, and you pour hot water over it, and it drips out. Now let me explain two things. First of all, for the hot water, you always have to avoid cooking. So you do a klish shlishi, right? I follow Ramesh Feinstein's view, which is klish shlishi does not mevashal. So you're in a klish shlishi. So there's no problem of cooking. What about butter? You're pouring water over a strainer with coffee grinds, and now it's coming out as coffee lachar. That's that's bor that's borer. The answer is it's not borer. I'll tell you why. Borer is only right. What are you sifting here? Water, right? You take water before you're pouring it through, and water comes out, flavored water. But but the thing that you're that you're that you're being mevarer is water. The halacha is that water. If the water is drinkable before the straining, you're allowed to put it through a strainer, right? If you have water, that's fine. But you want to strain it out a little bit. You could pour it through uh, a filter. Now, if it's undrinkable, then you can't. That's the whole shiloh with the bugs in the water in New York, that if you actually hold that it's usher to drink, then you can't filter it on Shabbos, because then it's undrinkable. Which, by the way, is probably more the fact that people do filter on Shabbos probably tells you that it's not, uh, we Icarhead didn't hold that, it's mutter, fine. The point is, if the water is drinkable before, you could sift it. The water is drinkable before. You just want to add a little flavoring to it. Nothing's taking place. Now, you're not allowed to shake it. You're not allowed to agitate the filter. That's a side issue. But you're allowed to pour it over and let it drip on its own. I'll prove it to you. The Shulchan Aruch, I think it's a sim in Shin Yud Zayin, if I'm not mistaken. Shin Yud Zayin. It's Bayer Shin Zayin. Shin Yud Tesla. Shin Yud Zayin, I think. I forgot to check over there. Shin Yud Zayin. That the Shulchan Aruch brings down that they used to do this. But instead of coffee, they used to do this with wine. They had water. They didn't like the taste of water. They wanted the water to have a wine flavor. So they would take a filter, put wine sediment, pour water over it, and it would drip out, and it would taste like wine. And the Shulchan Aruch says it's mutter. Why? Because the wine is, water is drinkable before, it's drinkable after. It's just a little better now. The water is drinkable before, it's drinkable after. It just tastes a little better. So it's 100% mutter to do this. It feels a little strange, but it's 100% mutter to do this. You have to make sure, again, not to agitate the filter, uh, because that would be butter, because that we are machmer not to force the little bit of trapped water. We don't like to do that. And you have to make sure that there's no bishal problems. So you do a klish lishi. But once you do that, it's 100% mutter. We'll stop here, and we'll pick it up uh, next time, Bezashem.